Podtron. This podcast is part of the Podtron Podcast Network. For more, visit podtron.wordpress.com and Podtron Network on Twitter and Facebook. This was Rad. I'm Paul. You don't know my artistic vision! I am Greg. I want to remake Friday the 13th, but it's all underwater and it all stars sharks. Where two guys force themselves to watch movies from the 80s. Hey, have you seen Vision Quest? I sure haven't. Hell no! Alright, let's talk about it. The only thing that's missing is America built a wall. There has to be someone from Ford who went down and went, so, um, what, what happened here, Bob? It's a movie called Red Dawn. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm going to start this again, and you're going to edit this out. Uh, Shake it out. And if you can believe it, and you've been listening consistently, this is going to sound like there's been no delay at all. Uh, But really, we've been off for two and a half months. I want to make a government shutdown joke, but uh, (laughs) it's not going to age well, so we're we're not going to. You know what, Greg? We've made a lot of jokes on this show that I don't think are going to age well eventually. Uh, So... That's okay. I am Paul. I'm Greg. And this is This Was Rad Podcast, a podcast where two guys eventually find time in their very busy lives to sit down and watch a movie and then record it hilariously for you. Uh, And, man, there's just... I don't think we've missed anything because we watch 80s movies. It's not like we watch new movies, right? (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's... Yeah. It just is what it is, you know? I mean, we can... I guess if... Did you see The Crimes of Grind- Grindelwald? I stopped caring about Harry Potter after the second book. Oh, man, because I have a really good falling asleep in the middle of a three-hour movie that I didn't miss. Junk. Nice. Yeah. No, legitimately. Nice. Uh, my wife uh, and I any- watched that movie. Okay. I went out for about 25 minutes. When I came up, she was out. and so there's a 50 minute point of that movie to where neither one of us really know what the hell happened (laughs) i i gotta be honest um anytime someone starts posting stuff about harry potter or talking about harry potter i have to stifle an urge to just say would you please please read another goddamn book just any other book i don't care what it is even if it's infinite jest, like just read another book, please. The the books are so good, but the obsession in it, yeah, it can get out of hand. It's the new movies. I just don't. It. Do you know what's another seven movie series? Are you kidding me? I wish I could make that up. She wants. She wrote seven movies, and this is movie number two, and I'm already done. At least in the original Harry Potter, I read all the books, and I get to like episode five. Uh, yeah, movie five, and then I was kind of like, yeah, I'll just watch them later. But yeah, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty rough. Bump. I mean, 
I guess I guess we can say we missed how um, it it has come to light again that that there wasn't plumbing at Hogwarts for a long time, and uh, J.K. Rowling has stated that pre-plumbing wizards would just go to the bathroom wherever they were standing and then use magic to make it disappear. Uh, to that, I say. Next time someone calls me a muggle, even as a joke, I'm just going to say, we had plumbing, like, way before you guys did. So, who's really the idiot here? Is that an official answer? Like, that is a, That is 100%. No, no, J.K. Rowling wrote it in a, uh, she wrote it in something. It, it's not in the books. But no, it's, yeah. It was in, like, an essay that she wrote later about the world. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is a fact. That is not a made-up thing. Well, Greg, it's been a good run. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where you go from that. I mean, I think I think where we go is uh, we say, hey, could you make me a calendar, Stephen King? And he says, mm, yes. But then it turns into a book. And that's weird. And then they make a movie out of the book that was a calendar. So that brings us to Silver Bullet. Oh, my God. OK, so Silver Bullet. Um that's originally. not a joke, by the way. That literally was, it was supposed to be a calendar. Yes, yes. Between between him and an uh, amazing artist, Bernie Wrightson, uh, original artist for Swamp Thing. If you can track down Cycle of the Werewolf, the book this is based on, the uh, the art in it is super, super great. And it, it was supposed to be a picture with like a little blurb underneath it. And Stephen King couldn't do it and he wrote a whole book instead. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. I mean, that guy, he just, he wakes up and just writes a novel and then goes to lunch. Like, it just, he never stops. He, he I, I believe there's there's a famous quote, and I'm not going to get this 100% right from Stephen King, that says, like, amateurs sit around and wait for inspiration, but professionals just get up and work for eight hours a day. And that's really, his thing has always just been, I'm going to get up and I'm going to write. And I'm going to, even if it's garbage, I'm going to write all day. And I'll just take whatever's good out of it, and that's the end of it. And he's that's why the guy writes so much. So I read a book that uh, he wrote a book called On Writing, and it's based, oh yeah, I remember that. Yep, and it's kind of just goes into how you know um, his style of writing, how he gets into it, and all that. He kind of goes into like when he had the accident and had to come back. Um, but you're absolutely right. That's what he says is um, the two things that I think are the coolest things that he does. Um, that he talks about with writing is just that he goes write a journal, write a grocery list, write something, and eventually an idea will pop out and then it'll formulate itself. Um, and the other thing that he that he wrote, which I thought was really kind of cool, is he goes when you're writing, there's no amount of grandeur, there's no not there's no way to prepare for it. And he talks about getting this giant desk and he you know puts it in the center of this room and. It, looks really cool it actually looks like um um when jack writes in uh steve in uh the shining oh, okay and it's just in the middle of the room and and he goes you know what that was the worst time i ever had inspiration for writing because it felt like i was supposed to do something grand and he shoved it in a corner and brought out a little desk and writes on that instead <laughs> i i believe i saw uh someone turned that into a comic Possibly, yeah. I believe. I believe it was like a, like a like a couple page comic about him. So, I, that sounds familiar about him having a desk and hating it because it was just too big. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a fascinating read. And so I mean, like I said, I assume that when Stephen King writes a grocery list, it's the car will turn over left into the parking lot. I can see the walls of the grocery store glistening with neon lights. I'm reminded I have to get milk. You know, I've 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 actually seen the man write something in person. Have you really? Well, like I, when I was 
No, no. This is a, I thought I told this story. When no. I was in high school, a friend of mine, um, uh, well, I'll just say his name is Rob, uh, went to high school with, uh, and he invited me up to his, I want to say aunt and uncle had a summer home up in a lake up in Maine. And it was next door to Stephen King, who he has multiple residences yeah, yeah, up yeah. in Maine. And this was one of them. And now it, it's next door in kind of a New England sense where your next door neighbor could be half mile away, but that's your next door neighbor. So uh, it was it was on this lake and there was a little dock that I would hang out in. And I remember I was I was hanging out at the dock, just kind of, you know, watching the water and just just kind of chilling out. And there's the man himself I can see across the water. I could see him sitting down writing something. And um, it was probably like a grocery list, but I like to say it was like some awesome book. And um, I did the math, and I think the next book he published from when I was there, it was like The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, I think, was the next one he published. I was going to go, which, that time period would also be like either Desperation. You're, you're in the wheelhouse. Or, yeah, or Rose yeah. Matter, somewhere around that. I think I think Rose Matter that might, might have already before. come out, and and it was before the accident because it was I I remember I couldn't drive yet, so it was like ninety seven, maybe even ninety eight because I got my license at the tail end of ninety eight, so it was somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've I've actually seen him right. Uh, that was it. That was that was as close as I got, but it was pretty rad. Let me tell you. I have no way to question whether the the validity of that story, except to to say, yes, I believe my All right. I believe my friend Greg, because nary, nary has he has he lied to me yet on the podcast. Well, we'll see how much of this makes it in. Because <laughs> woof, we're off to a rambling start. Let's just get in the silver bullet. Well, Paul, let's get into silver Paul, bullet. Yeah, what do you remember about this nineteen eighty six or nineteen eighty five film? So this is a movie I think I saw maybe once on like TBS or Up All Night, something like that. Um, I really did not remember almost any of it other than um, I didn't realize it was Corey Haim at the time, a very young Corey Haim. Very uh, young Corey Haim. But I do recall um, just the uh, the Silver Bullet, which is not the Rocky Mountain train that brings cores uh, to the <laughs> no. masses, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but instead, a uh, wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair um, that he kind of rides around town with. I do remember it was about a werewolf that starts killing off the town folk. Um, and then this kind of like, uh, I think the, the, the two things that I remember the most about it is uh, the car chase uh, when he's being chased by um, uh, the werewolf as a, in human form. I do remember that because I kind of thought that motorized uh, wheelchair thing was kind of cool, and then I always remember the lat the uh, the last scene of the movie pretty much um, when he's trying to fumble with the uh, the silver bullet uh, as it were, yeah, uh, trying to get the monsters finally attacked him. Uh, other than that, I don't remember a lot of this movie, you know, in, in any kind of detail. I do remember the crazy uncle um, who starts out kind of fun and then gets a little weird. Uh, that would be Mister Gary Busey. Oh man, I miss '80s and '90s Gary Busey. So good, a lot. So good. Um, and that's about it. So, uh, what about yourself, Mr. Greg? This is one of my favorite childhood movies. 
it hit a sweet spot for me personally because one Stephen King so you want to talk about you want to talk about layers of childhood like radness like first of all Stephen King that's like oh that's that, that's immediately like that's like plus five rad points like out of ten like okay. you're immediately <laughs> yeah, at five. I would agree I would agree and um then you have a kid as a protagonist oh in an R-rated horror movie I like that. Okay. Oh, we're like, that's like plus two more rad points. Okay. Right out of the gate. <laughs> okay. okay. We've got, uh, we've got like, um, uh, a crazy kind of cool uncle who is like modified, basically given a kid a motorcycle. <laughs> he can like ride around right, town yeah, it's, on. It's, it's, it's essentially it's a, a motorcycle. Bike, right? It's a sit down dirt bike. Okay. We're at an eight out of 10 on the rad scale. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then, then we have just like a werewolf is involved. <laughs> Nine out of ten. This movie was insanely rad to me as a child. It was great. You had, uh, it's it it it's so insanely Stephen King. This story, it 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 really is. Um, it's it you know uh, told through the eyes of a kid, and and the kids are really the ones who know what's going on, and you know the adults don't necessarily believe them, and you know it's it's just it's it's great small town supernatural horror gross outs it's it's great um uh, what do i i'll just give you the highlights because i remember this entire movie like front to back um i remember uh the coach from major league getting killed at the beginning by getting his head knocked off Is the he... first the first kill that's that that's the coach from major league and major league two i cannot oh, remember his okay. name i'm sorry for some reason i was thinking of corbin burnson he coaches it in like Major League Three. He well, he he, he like owns the team, and so yeah, he's he's he like he buys the team in the second movie or something. But yeah, no, it's not yeah. not Corbin Burnson. Um, but then let's see. I remember uh, I remember the firework getting shot in the guy's eye. I remember the bloody kite. Um, because as a, as a kid, I was always mad that 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 child died off screen and you never saw the body. <laughs> I was like super angry. I thought that too. I was like, whoa, whoa come on, we're seeing that. everybody else dead. Why are we seeing this kid? This is, this is crap. Right. Um, let's see. Um, other big highlights for me. The Silver Bullet itself. Uh, super, I thought that thing was so incredibly rad. Uh, Gary Busey uh, coming up with the greatest excuse for getting a Silver Bullet. My nephew just discovered the Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was smart. Um, yeah, and, uh, and the, the end where they, they shoot the werewolf and then the one last dumb scare. Yeah. I'll always remember that. Uh, also a pointless voiceover. Always remember that too. You know, and we'll get into it at one point because it's a short movie. It's an hour and 35 minutes, but the way the story goes, it feels way longer than that. The way the story kind of splits. Um, but I remember I, I wrote that down like 45 minutes in. She just starts talking again. I'm like, oh yeah, it's there was so a voiceover. uneven. It's so uneven. It's and it's and I would I, uh, it's pointless. You could you it, could cut that out of the movie and it would still be it would still be as good. It, we wouldn't miss anything. You could just say 1976 when it opens up and why they did it as a flashback. I don't get. I wonder if that's just because that's how the original story went. And I don't think it is, to be honest. The story is just a straightforward story. It's not like a narrated story by someone. It's just okay. a story. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure where the, the idea came from. So, uh, no, I, yeah. I agree. It, it's very misplaced in this. Um, so, uh, if, you, if you're ready, we can go ahead and get, get right into 
it, unless there's any more trivia or facts or um i i will say this is uh produced by uh one of our uh, 80s favorite producers dino de laurentis Wait, what else has he done please this i would love to know zone maximum overdrive did he okay Conan the barbarian what <laughs> this guy he and movies we haven't done but we probably will do at some point cat's eye which is another it's yeah. a, that was a, a a trilogy of of terror by stephen king uh he also did red sonia raw deal blue velvet this dino de Laurentiis, if his name's attached to something you're gonna have a good time this guy was an amazing producer the director this was the only movie he ever directed you know i wrote down dino de Laurentiis. i'm like oh what a very interesting name i, I didn't realize that's that he and he was he had oh yeah stuff we already done that's interesting so he did i mean i mean he did he, evil dead 2 army of darkness i mean this this guy is fantastic wow. he's great 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 pedigree wow okay well producers um, don't normally get a lot of credit and i just want to highlight him because he has our he has his hands on a lot of things that you and i loved as kids well it's starting to sound like he's the uh the 80s action horror uh steven spielberg he kind of is, actually, <laughs> right? to be honest. I mean, uh, okay, so why don't we go ahead and get right into this fantastic uh, look back at Silver Bullet. And the movie does open up with uh, the voiceover of, um, no, it opens up with credits to start. It does, it does. But then, is yeah, as soon as anything happens, you've got, um, no, does it, does, it, does it open with the guy getting killed? No, it opens with the voiceover and then, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the first Yeah, because it starts describing how there were murders going on, uh, murders happening and stuff. I will say, right, right off, because it, it is my first note, is the music in this movie is really good. It it, it, it kind of, to- actually, this is probably the closest to a Stranger Things sound that we've yes. really heard in a movie from yes. the 80s. Um, I agree 100%. The, the the sort of dark, foreboding synth that yes. always highlights that something bad is about to happen. And it's really well done. It's very well placed throughout this movie. Um, but it starts out with, uh, yes, um, this guy um, doesn't really have a name, I guess, but um, I guess at some point he does. But he goes out and he's, I guess he's fixing some train tracks. Uh, he hears a noise, turns around. He makes like some dumb comment. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's, and then it's, gets... Yeah. He, his his head gets knocked off, which clean, is hysterically clean, by the way. ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, uh, and and then uh, uh, we're not trying to skip through too much. But that that's it. He he he's a drunk. And by the way, can I just say the subplot for this movie? Functional alcoholism. Oh, big time. because there are three or four people who are clearly full on alcoholics who appear to have regular day jobs with no right. problem. This guy is one no. of them. <laughs> He's just he's drunk yeah, on the fine. job. It's fine, and it's, it's and it's it's funny that they they specifically mention they're like, oh, um, we didn't think too much of the death because he was the town drunk, so it was probably an accident. As right? in, like the town has become desensitized <laughs> yes. to drunk related deaths, <laughs> and they're just like, well, these things happen. Oops. <laughs> like, you do know. you think they? Do you think it's like the lottery? Where like when one of them dies from an accident, they everybody in the town, everyone in the bar, has to put their name in a hat, and it's like, sorry, Larry, looks like it's your turn. Oh, I just, I, I, I just got that promotion. I can only assume 
there's some sort of malevolent presence that maybe maybe was an actual thing that Stephen King cut out. Like like that's like that's like a thematic thing in it that like it's the town itself is actually like evil somehow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So maybe the town itself in this movie is somehow forcing everyone to be drunk all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of out of place things that happen at the bar. We'll get into later, but yeah, it just again there's like three or four functional alcoholics throughout this movie that you like. And and by the way. Could you think of a movie that would ever put somebody drinking on the job, going about their job, and no one saying anything negative about it? It's impossible. You would never see uh, that today. No, no. Uh, it's very odd. <laughs> it's very out of place. So, uh, so anyway, uh, Arnie is was was the guy who died. Oh, Arnie okay. Arnie is killed, and, and then, uh, um, we we we, we then to go to. <laughs> that's exactly where we jump um now now this this is kind of important i don't normally talk too much of the difference between books and the movies but the book it's called cycle of the werewolf and every chapter is a different month which is why if you pay attention to the to when it is in this movie it is flying through yeah, months and yeah, not really I saying anything that. yeah so it starts it, out it, around like memorial day give or they're take? they're ju- yeah they're just they're getting ready to get out of school because the next it's it, it's may because then the next yep. one they're out of school. It's June. Yeah, and then and then it kind of, it basically every death is kind of it's every full moon every twenty eight days. There's there's yeah. There's a death. I, I, I will say cleaning it up. I would have put at least a month every time you cut to a new one. Just because as yep. an audience member, it's if you can cleverly follow along, that's good. But like the fireworks thing, we get to like they're going to see fireworks. It's July. The next scene, it's like oh, it's, it's two months later. Right. I mean, yeah. No, it's weird. Yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway, that's that's kind of important only only because we're going to fly through a ton of stuff in this. Yeah, so yeah. basically, yes, it's it's a Memorial Day town celebration. Yeah. And we finally meet our our protagonists uh, in this movie. Um, and because I don't write names down, uh, the kid and his sister. <laughs> we've got. Uh, oh, uh, we see. We've got Jane. And her brother, Marty. Jane and Marty. Yes, that's right. Um, and Brady, who I hope you don't like Brady. Because if you don't, this movie's for you. That's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Brady, Brady, uh, not going to last uh, too terribly long here. No. So anyway. Um, and uh, long story short with what's happening here is they're they're using the scene to just kind of give you the, the, the rundown of the town. You know, yeah, it's, the a, character it's a close-knit town. Uh, you know, everyone's really excited about, you know, these sort of parade type things. And uh, we get introduced to Marty, who is a good kid who's in a wheelchair. He can't walk. And um, his sister, Jane, who are actually I, I liked the sort of depiction of brother and sister where they love each other. But holy hell, they almost never get along and they're constantly giving each other shit. And, you know, I and the other kudo I want to give this film is... Is Marty, uh, as the plot goes, um, the major point of the story that we talked about? It, it, he's he's handicapped. His his legs. Uh, yeah, don't legs work. legs specifically. He's yeah. he's fine from the torso up, but his legs do not work. Right. Um. Uh. Paraplegic. That's the word. I was trying yes. to think of the thing. So, but his his sister, who's thirteen, fourteen, she just she doesn't care. And like, oh yeah, no, she is again. And, uh, that's yeah, so at great. all in this PC world to have a sibling that 
isn't like the protector of that person is so odd to me that I, when she first says, I hate you, I hate you, and storms off, I'm like, oh, that that's not good. That's not good <laughs> right. at all. No, no. What? what is wrong with you? No, he he's handicapped. You need he needs help. He needs you. What are you doing? And and I I, I agree. The movie actually does a great job to just be like Marty's a kid. He's just in a yeah. wheelchair. It doesn't do define him job. at all. And he and I I would say after it's kind of established that he's in a wheelchair and they 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 don't they don't spend any time explaining how it happened. No, they don't none. spend any time talking about like it. It's literally you see one scene where he's watching kids play baseball, and you can tell he's like bummed out that he can't run around with them. That's it. It's great. Yeah. It's it's. I love the way that, where it's like yeah. This it's they it's 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 it's, it's defining, but it's not his only character beat, which is great. No, I would say it come. I do say I would say the movie does a good job of. Pointing to it when it needs to be pointed at, like, um, like in the car ride afterward, you know, the sister's getting all upset. Oh, just you know, he's special because he's a cripple. Um, and then the mother threatens to smack her, which again, put oh, another yeah. checkbox on the not allowed after 1995. I was, I was gonna say we're we're definitely in the 1970s because everyone's threatening to right. whack everybody, and uh, uh, um, the, the the term cripple is thrown around constantly. Yeah. So, but they um, do kind of point at it when it's poignant not when it's doesn't need to be which i think is really good like they don't worry about stairs and all that stuff um but we cannot over so we meet the characters um the initial characters in the movie eventually we're gonna meet gary Busey as uh as his uncle um but after uh basically marty and his buddy there brady pull a i'm using bunny ears joke on his sister jane Oh yeah, by 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 having a, a snake in 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 her face and yep. she falls down and gets in the mud and wrecks her pantyhose. Uh, Jenny runs away and hides in some bushes and she hears what may be my favorite line <laughs> from oh, any boy. movie we have ever done. This tops Lamentation of the Women. This tops I'll Be Back. Uh, uh, other than stopping the name of the, like some RoboCop line, this has got to be my favorite. She witnesses. A woman and a man arguing because, as we'll learn, she's pregnant and he doesn't want anything to be to be a part of it. And he says, it's not mine. And she goes, it's, it's yours. And then he says this gem. It may be your oven, but that's not my bun and walks away. Greg, I and had I, to pause I, the movie oh, it's <laughs> to, so good. to recover from that lot. And I believe, I believe as he's walking away, <laughs> says, hey, remember the good time. <laughs> he does. It's such a, such a bonkers scene, and it sets it up oh, for something later. But it, in that moment, you're like, it's "What insanity. the fuck did I just watch?" <laughs> it's so good. I and I got confused because I was like, "Wait, is that her mom and her dad?" <laughs> yeah, I like, I was, I and like, and I've seen this movie, and I'm like, "Oh no, I remember." Because then finally, when when that pays off, I was like, "Okay, uh, all right, all right." For, for a hard minute. I thought that was her dad and some other because yeah, it clearly yeah. wasn't the mother. She was, I mean, just hair and all that was different. But yeah, the father, yeah, yeah. Very, very I didn't different. get a good look at it at that moment. Correct. So I thought that was him. I'm like, oh, that's going to come up later. <laughs> but it was just, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's it maybe you're of him, but it's not my bun. So, uh, kudos to whoever wrote that line. 
We need to we need to start making this was rad shirts with with awesome taglines like that. We really like it do. may be your oven, but it ain't my butt. Okay. If there's anybody out there who's an artist, it doesn't need to be high-level art. Just something simple, very easy. Nice drawing, but very simple. I'm going to paint the picture for you to draw, okay? I want a picture of myself, pregnant. I have short hair, glasses. There's pictures of me on the internet somewhere. And I want a picture uh, opposite of me is Greg pointing at me with this line underneath that. <laughs> That's... That's a shirt. That's an awesome shirt. I love that idea. With this was red above it. Right. Yeah. And we're done. That's make that shirt. Thank you. Yeah, please. <laughs> oh man, amazing. So, um we uh who's the next person? Is it uh I believe we we cut to school is out. Uh Right? No, we cut back to So the parents or, go or, home. Or oh do do the you, parents do you want to go over like yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with Gary Busey's there? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, so the next thing, well, at least from my notes, and correct me if I'm wrong, they get home, the parents are arguing, and then we cut to the woman. Uh, she's at home. She is. The only the only thing you miss is, is Gary Busey is at home with with uh Marty and Jane. And and you're introduced to his character and he's another <laughs> uh alcoholic. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um yeah, it, it's a very brief scene. It doesn't really uh, add too much, but but yes, then then it's it's school is out and um no no you're no, right I'm sorry it's, it's school is out is, is the next day yeah yeah so we cut um, to the woman who doesn't uh who whose un uh, oven and bun are in question to some yes. folks in the town yes and, and uh, she's she's putting all the pills she has on a plate you know like you do right right and uh, just just taking them down handfuls at a time with a glass of water um and and and, and, and what's really funny is I, I i wrote down the question because i was gonna ask you but then the movie tries to answer it itself later but i'm still gonna ask it anyway so she's she's popping the pills and she's struggling to drink it and she starts talking about how like you know, there's a special place in hell for people to commit suicide it must be worse if they're pregnant and all i could think is do you really think hell is that segregated um, oh, that's a very good... Well, I mean, what? Dante's Inferno, there were layers of hell. Are there layers within layers? I'm thinking it's like a Chuck E. Cheese, where special hell is like is like um, the rope climb, and then extra special hell is the ball pit, except it's mostly full of um, demons that poke you. Yeah. Yeah, something something along those lines. Um, but my... I mean, I, I, I think that's reasonable. But... My question comes after uh, we see what happens next is the the creature that took the, the head off the other guy crashes into a room and attacks her and kills her. Now, the question was, does she still go to hell? Well, uh, uh, I, as, as we are told later on, uh, no. I know. I wrote the question down and then the movie answered it itself later. And I it's was like, not often. Screw you, it's movie. Not often. Yeah. <laughs> You're ruining my podcast. And we're gonna Oh, we've got I've I've got quite a few questions okay. when that gets revealed because wow. I know. Wow, wow. All I can say is wow. Um so okay, so after this, yes. it is the last day of school. Marty is heading home with a girl from his class, and they walk by the house of the woman who'd been killed. And the girl that Marty is walking home says that um, she's been hearing these weird 
sounds coming from the greenhouse that they have outside the back of their house. Yeah. And uh, wouldn't you know it, that night, um, <laughs> the dad of this girl is killed. Yes. Okay. This is where I think you got confused. So the girl gets killed. Then we see Gary Busey with Marty. Oh, okay. Because we're okay. not so going to skip I'm, over the greatest joke ever told. I <laughs> always remember this joke. Can we? Can we just? Can we just take the clip and put the joke in? Because you and I will not do this justice. Clearly, we will. He drinks it. Sits there for a while. Says, "Hey, Jack, ask for me another drink." So he pours another drink. The guy gets up and leaves. The guy that's sitting there says, "Hey, why do you let him call you jackass all the time?" The bartender says, "Oh, he all, he all, he always called me that." Uh, all right, great. I wrote down. Uh, Gary's joke is G-R-E-A-T great because <laughs> I laughed out loud very much for that it was so good um, but then yes then we see uh, drunk hillbilly dad they're the only hillbillies in the entire town nobody else has that accent no they're transplants and the girl has some bizarre like southern accent yeah. or possibly English it's hard to discern <laughs> exactly. I think she had like a southern draw and then I think I think the actor who played the dad was told to do the same thing, but he kept kind of, he was like, Tammy, get your butt over here. I think it's time to get inside. Like he, oh, like no. he kept dropping it's, out of it. My, my, my favorite thing is when he's uh, drinking and just watching wrestling. Yeah. 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 And he's like super into it. I loved that. That was great. Uh, it was kind of like, that was very 1985 from my home as well. Just my father yelling at a screen for someone to beat each other up with the, with the wrestling. <laughs> He so wants people to be hurt. He loves it. Yeah. Um, and then he goes outside and he, uh, with the gun. He looks all throughout the, uh, uh, from what I can tell, a wonderfully maintained greenhouse. Yeah. I don't know what he does, but he doesn't there. strike me as, as, as a gardener. Uh, whatever he's doing, he's he's in, I hope, I hope that's what he does for a living because right, it's fantastic. Um, and then he gets attacked by the creature again from underneath the floorboards. And this Greg, his death, I wrote, is probably the best I've seen in any of these 80s movies that shows a gory scene that actually, like, got me for a minute. Because you see the hmm. board go directly into his chest in him? and squirt. Yeah. Not even the Freddy or, or Jason movies have come close to being, like, that visceral yeah so what happens is the the werewolf pops up from under the floorboards kind of grabs him and drags him under and there's a board in the floorboard that just stabs the guy right in the chest or right in like the stomach it's a really good death it's great oh it's wonderful and then uh and then we clip to um i believe this is when the next scene is eventually we see brady because it cuts to them in the park and it's just a very quick scene to set up that brady's (laughs) alone in the park right and then and and then it just cuts to uh, 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 Sheriff uh, Joe uh, Terry O'Quinn. Who again? Again, another movie. It's How crazy. many movies has he been in? Young Guns. I want something else. I want to say this is he's, his third. Uh, yeah, uh, he's been in at least one other thing. What does his IMDb say? Let's see, we'll cut this out. Um, I always do. Right? Yeah, let's, we we always say that. Silver Bullet. That's right. Space Camp, which we never actually did. Oh, we gotta. Uh, Young Guns. Yeah. Blind Fury. Yes. There we go. Okay. That's right. Blind Fury was the third. So there we go. Okay. Uh. So yeah. So he's in a. So he's in this movie, he, and uh, he, and he, he looked finds, very young. He looked very young in this as well. So. Oh, he is. He's super young, and so he 
uh, we see Brady flying a kite. Smash cut to Terry O'Quinn just holding a kite with no. an insane amount of blood in it. And he's just and he's just reciting like this prayer over and over again. He's, and he's, it's he's very, just saying Hail Marys good. over and over Hail Mary, again. Yes. It's fantastic. Yes. I'm not Catholic, so I don't know. Uh, Neither am I. Uh, but, but it comes but across. Still. But it's a very cool, very visceral scene. And then, and then we smash chat to what I had to. To me, I just said to myself, "Okay, movie wise, I get it. This is a key location. It's already been featured a couple times. Is this bar where all the adults are, all the adult males? This kid's father busts in. He's got briefcase in hand, jacket, tie, and screams." Has anybody seen my son? To which I had to say, if this man thinks anyone has been outside this bar <laughs> before, no. before a, after 4 p.m., yeah, he doesn't know his own town. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, and so, of course, they, they find him. And now a chain of events that confuse me. And here's what happens. So <laughs> he finds, he, he somehow gets told, like, uh, yeah, the sheriff, uh, you know, found a body matching your boy's description over, like, at the gazebo in the park. Somehow. I don't even think we're told. He just shows up. And then Terry O'Quinn is like, whoa, 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 man. You don't, you don't, you don't want to go over there. He goes over there. He freaks out. We never see the body. We never see it. Yeah. Then we cut to a whole bunch of people in the bar getting ready to go out and take this, this, uh, uh, you know, vigilante justice. They're going to go search yeah. around yeah. and look for someone because the, the, to their credit, I guess, um, the police have made zero headway. <laughs> like, there's not even a suspect at this point. You know, I and I did write down, even in a small town like this, the first death, eh. The second death, maybe we should call somebody. There's three deaths and now a fourth child, and this place is not swarming with FBI. Even in 1985, I, I, that's insane. And, and this movie took place in 76 or something. It yeah. took place even earlier. <laughs> so it makes no sense. Look, look, can we just agree... John Rambo had 55 people in the army come after him. He just, all he did was hurt a guy. No, he walked through town. Yes. They called in the army. They've got four deaths on their side. <laughs> and you've got nothing. And you've got uh, Terry O'Quinn, John Locke there trying to get to his walkabout, just fiddling his thumbs. You know what? I was kind of with the town at this point. <laughs> I, I I was also with the town. So Terry O'Quinn comes in and he's like, you can't do this. There's there's a term for this. Private justice. I've never heard the term private justice. I know, justice. I know. That's, that, is, that is not a thing. It, it, Vigilante it, justice, we know that term. But private justice. I think it gets you, as a kickoff phrase to kind of be a latch on that's easy to remember, I think it works. I think it kind of sounds cool. And it can, private and, justice and it helps you but then again but then again the, the, brady's father just out of place in this bar and by the way his son has died hasn't changed his suit it's the oh, same oh, suit i have another question for you he comes in with a picture of his kid's dead body yeah and he's and he shows it to everyone and he's like this was my kid my boy he was torn apart and then the sheriff is like all right i'm clearly not gonna stop this i'm gonna be quiet everyone's gonna leave where did he get that polaroid did he did he be was, was he like in the middle of screaming and freaking out like oh i'm gonna want this for the family scrapbook hold i hold on did he go drive home get his <laughs> polaroid camera realize like we all did realize it was empty go to the drugstore <laughs> Realize they were also out of Polaroid camera. Drive across town to a different drugstore. Find some. 
get real angry that it was way more expensive than you remembered it being because you always did. Load it up. And what did you do? As soon as you loaded up that Polaroid camera, you took a picture of something immediately just to check. Then take a picture of his dead kid. Like, what happened? Even better, he never stopped screaming the whole time. <laughs> he goes oh, home amazing. screaming. He puts the he puts the film on the <laughs> desk, screaming. He pays oh for God, it, screaming a... the whole time. He's screaming the whole, with that conjoined, <laughs> that contorted face. Oh man, I'm out of film. <laughs> Yeah, I swear he goes to the drugstore, puts the film on the counter. <laughs> That'll be fifteen fifty. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. That's oh man, that's a scene that needs to be in this movie. It's amazing. So, yeah, so they he basically works the town up into a lather, um, and they rush out. I, I maybe I know they were looking at a map, but how do they triangulate where to go in search for this thing? Because I don't. And they just end up in a swamp. What are they looking for? There's been zero leads, and no one in the bar has been like, you know who's been acting funny? Old man McGillicuddy. Like, there's no suspects. The town's plan is to, I know, there's a killer on the loose. Well, I suppose we should just walk around at night. <laughs> that, that's the most logical conclusion. Like, well, they have, what's their friggin' plan? Well, they have a map on the pool table, so I assume they went like, oh, he killed here, then he killed here, then he killed here. Maybe he'll be in this area. No, he just goes, yep, it, this is our town. We have to protect it. Okay, then set up a perimeter. Do something. No, you're just going to wander the it, swamp it makes, and call it. And makes it makes no friggin' it's sense. So it makes no sense. None at all. And then, I don't understand And it's going it. to get even weirder in a minute because they go out there. <laughs> yep. And then the, the creature is out there and it starts picking them off one by one. I loved the fact that it got hit with the bat twice took the bat and finished the job itself and then finished the job. i love that i love it was I awesome love it. And, and 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 this i love a scene where a bunch of vigilante justice people it like plays out in what i assume would actually happen <laughs> yeah the only yes. scene that's missing from this is they accidentally shoot one of their own members that's the only scene that's missing because yes it it's i i i I will say this time and time and time again. We see in movies, vigilante justice gets the job done. Um, our own police, like, shoot each other regularly. And they're trained, and they do this every day, and they screw up a lot. Untrained people who just came out of a bar, very liquored up, you know, in hunting garb, uh, itchy trigger fingers, like, they're... 15 of those people should have been shot and wound up in the hospital. Not like, even, come on. You know what, Greg? You know what the one the one that always gets me is when the vigilante mob goes out there and they find the guy and they shoot him and the sheriff walks up to, to Tom and goes, well, Tom, you're under arrest. What? Why? Because <laughs> you shot a guy. It's still illegal. You know that, right? That's why right. you were hunting yeah. him because murder's illegal. <laughs> Just... Yeah. So anyway, so the creature kills like yeah, three do, or do four the, do, of them, right? Do vigilantes not understand that like if a cop shoots a guy, you can't be a cop for a couple of months <laughs> while they investigate, even if it was 100% above board and there were like 85 witnesses that were like, this guy drew a gun, the cop shot him, it was it was fine. Yeah, you you still <laughs> they still get put in a corner for a while bef- just to make sure. Like <laughs> it's not 
Right. I don't right. know what they're expecting. Well, this is a strange turn of events there, Sheriff. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Maybe I should have finished law school. Um, anyway. So, 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 so it, the, the creature takes out, like, I think four of them, right? Three or four of them? One, two, three, four. I think possibly five. <laughs> I can't remember. It's the mustache guy, one, the husband one guy wife. gets th- One guy gets thrown thrown against a tree. Oh, uh, one guy yeah, that's gets sucked guy. under. Yep, that's two. Then there's the the husband and wife, and then the bar owner. Yep, so that's five. So five. So it's five. five. So then we go back to another funeral. So they did show Brady's um the the kid's funeral and the they father kind of being all somber. And then we go to the the funeral again for the five members. And then the movie does this weird. And by the way, this scene for the next five minutes, Greg. I didn't know what was going on because the reverend starts to say, I'm not sure how to comfort you. The father gets angry, yells out private justice. We cut to the sheriff who doesn't know what to do. And then everybody starts turning into werewolves, which was good. The makeup was good. It it worked. The priest wakes up. Did anybody actually die? I don't know. Uh, it's 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 great. You left out the the organ player who turns into a werewolf yeah. and then just starts banging on the on the organ <laughs> yes, in werewolf true. form, yes, which right. is amazing. If you can find a gif of that scene, like just use it liberally. It's so good. I'm I'm going to assume they all died because I don't think you see any of them in the movie. The only one you see is the one who fled, the the ringleader. Yeah, who yeah, yeah. Took off once everyone was dying. You see him again. Yeah. So. Now the town is in total lockdown. There's a curfew. People are like afraid to be outside at all. And they're canceling events. At this point, I believe it's the end of July. No, no, it's, it's the end of September. No, 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 no. It's it's about to be July 4th because that's when they try to go to the fairground and the fireworks were canceled. Okay. And, okay. And the okay. reason why I remember that is because obviously it's going to be huge in September um, with the part. But what I love about this is this dad? Dad don't care. He don't care that people died. It's 4th nope. of July, and I'm having my goddamn barbecue. We're having and, a barbecue. They're going to so, have a backyard party. And so I wrote down, Greg, I think it's brave. Any movie can build up momentum and tension and then say, you know what? We're done with that. Time for a feel-good moment. Yep. Brave, I said. Brave. <laughs> because <laughs> we go to this barbecue, and then Gary Busey makes this really upgraded version of the silver bullet um, motorized wheelchair. Basically, it's a motorized, it's a sit-down dirt bike at this point. It, it, so, yeah, um, um, one thing we actually kind of went over is that um, Corey Hames' wheelchair has been modified by Red, Gary Busey, yes. the, the uncle, yes. his name's Red. And he he put, like, what I'm going to assume is, like, a little go-kart engine in it. That's what it looks with, like, yeah. With, with a little throttle, you know, it, it takes gas, you know, there's just a funny scene when he goes to get it filled up and, you know, the, you know, you can tell he, uh, Corey Haim and the gas station attendant are like kind of giving each other shit, you know, yeah. they're having fun um, and stuff. And so he's like, oh, uh, he mentions later on that, that, that Red is is upgrading it and he's he's making a new one. Correct. Yeah. And we finally reveal it and, and it's, it's not only is it a, does it have two wheels as a wheelchair? It's got a third wheel in the front, so it's like a trike now. Yes. And this thing was, in my opinion, the raddest thing any kid in that town or probably the state is ever going to see. It's because great. this thing is insane. All silver. It's got red flames on it. 
Yeah. And and we see him. He takes it out for a spin. He begins to pass cars on the road. Yes. So I can only assume he put in like like a knucklehead motor from like an old Harley <laughs> Davidson because the thing's I'm like gonna, loud as shit. I'm going to guess it's probably like a two-stroke from a dirt bike, like, you know, like a, oh, like a 200cc or something like that. But uh, but my thing is, is just how the movie shifts well, that is tone. The, that is the fastest Mario Kart uh, 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 circuit you can do is the 200cc. Yeah. So yep. that's probably what it was. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it's just how the movie takes this weird... T- it's a great scene. I love Gary Busey in this movie with the way he acts and, and his relation with the kids. Um, but it's just such an odd turn for where the movie goes from here. Because now, um, basically, he gets the trike. He couldn't go to the fireworks. So Gary Busey gives him fireworks. And this is where some kind of idea that we were changing months this whole time really would have been helpful. Because he goes, okay... I can't give you a 4th of July now, but I can give it to you in September. Okay, when's that? Well, apparently it's five minutes from now. Because it, it, so here's 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 what I think was supposed to be, was that the fireworks were canceled, and it is now September. Like, like, like as in oh, that scene okay. where he's bummed out. I, look, and this is this is me stretching. I don't know. That's what I mean. But, it gets a little confusing. But, as so far as so anyway, yes, he, basically Gary Busey. And let's let's be honest, Paul. If we didn't have that cool uncle, we all knew a cousin. We all knew somebody who was like, "Hey, you want to see what I got over here?" And it was fucking fireworks. So I remember that shit when I was a kid. I remember my uncle one time showing up at my house being like, hey, I just drove back from Florida. Check out what I got. It, I'm not I am not joking. He must have had two to three hundred bucks in like 1992's money of fireworks. We went to his house and we lit them all off. It took like four hours. It was so good. So I don't know if I've ever told this story. So because uh, we're talking about fireworks. So when I was a kid. It was actually my dad. My dad was pretty cool with this stuff because he would he um he, he drove trucks and and stuff like that. So he went out of state all the time to Connecticut. Basically, Massachusetts was the only state you couldn't get fireworks. You can get them in in, in yeah. Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Hampshire, just not Massachusetts. It was so weird. Um, but he used Massachusetts to get, doesn't like fun. I I, I would believe that. And yeah. so um, I remember when I, I want to say it was like eighty eight, eighty nine, because I was real young. And we're on my grandparents' front lawn, and they have these rose bushes all on the front. And my father sets up, like, an old desk chair that had a hole, and he's lighting off all these just, you know, rockets and stuff like that. And I, and all I remember is the cops driving down the road and my father kicking the chair into the rose bush real quick. And the nice. cops stopped, and they look at the window and go, You seen anybody uh, firing fireworks? And my dad just points to a house and goes, It was them. <laughs> Yes. And the house is like, there's no lights, there's nobody home, right? And the cops just kind of looked at the house, look at him. Okay, have a good night, sir. Drove away. My father had that chair back up before they cut to the end of the street. Oh, of course. The 80s were unregulated. It was so good. But I, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I um I had I had done a thing where I had I had moved to L.A. and and I ran out of money and I drove home and and then a friend of mine had moved out there and he ran out of money and so I flew out and helped him drive back and it was a whole whole bunch of, I had driven past all this time and I would always hit the same fireworks place in Tennessee on my way back. Oh wow, that was like that was like a tradition. If I was coming back from a long drive because I've done coast to coast probably I don't know five six seven times at this point in my life. Oh wow, um. 
Uh, I would always, and it was always the same one because it was literally, you could see it from the highway and it was huge. And so I remember I was like, oh yeah, I'd always buy the same crap. I'd always buy bottle rockets. Uh, You can't get M80s anymore. That is a super bummer. Uh, You can't even really get cherry bombs anymore. Well, at least the place that I was going to, which is a bummer. But I would get whatever kind of little cherry bomb knockoffs they had that were a little less powerful. And um, I just get all this stuff. And I remember one time I bought, I was like on my way back, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy, they had these, this big thing. It was the size of like a, um, oh man, it's like, a, how big was it? It was probably the size of like a, um, oh boy. You ever, you ever see one of those big, like, uh, circular loaves of bread from Whole Foods? It's about the size yeah, of, yeah. A, of a head, yeah. maybe. It was, it looked like that. It was really big. It was, you know, and, and I was like, I'm going to buy one of those. And so I brought it home and I never did anything with it. And I remember one year I was like, oh, hey. I was at somebody's place, and I brought all my fireworks with me, and I was like, hey, I got this thing. You want to light it off? And I was like, I don't know what it is. And they're like, oh, all right. So it was like a cement area, and I lit the thing, and it was like, it shot off fireworks for like a good four or five minutes. Oh, my God. There was so many in there, and it was like cool, and then I was terrified. <laughs> it was like it wasn't stopping, and it was just going and going and going, and I was like, the cops are 100% going to show up. They never did, wow. but uh, I was I was a hundred percent sure it was. They were absolutely going to show up. Um, thankfully, it's it's just I'm lucky I didn't accidentally like set the woods on fire or something. To be honest, yeah, right. Oh my gosh, no, nah, you know I I've never done fireworks personally myself. Again, it's just yeah, not something that I I personally get into. Uh, at least lighting went, them, but that, that I had a phase. Uh, I I guess I'd still use a bottle rocket, maybe I don't know. A sparkler. I like sparklers. Are sparklers still illegal in mass? I don't know if they ever were. Oh, yeah, they were. I saw a fucking cop tell, a, tell an eight-year-old kid to to get his sparkler, like, in water to extinguish it. I am not really? joking you. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. I had those all the time as kids. He was, he was on a bicycle, and well, he, like, was pedaled up to a kid, and he's like, you can't have that. You got to extinguish that. Well, in Massachusetts, like, you can't sell any. Joking me? They're all illegal. I mean, you, you just you except, can't buy them or be in possession right. of them. So, I, yes, snakes. I guess I could get that that was possible, yes. Um, I don't know of a cop that's ever stopped and told somebody to just, listen, listen, I'm a big proponent of the cops. I'm, I'm a big supporter. If you have to use the phrase, he was on a bike and pedaled up to that kid to put a sparkler out, that's a different situation. <laughs> it really needs a lot more examination that we could give because <laughs> so there's a lot to that book that that cover's not I... revealing. Yep. <laughs> there's a lot saying. going on there. It's a lot. So any anyway, anyway. So he's, we... so the kid Marty back into here. he's out on this he's out on this bridge, you know. Now hold on a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like he was told Marty Marty has seen first of all marty already suspects it's a werewolf because that girl told him oh i'm hearing like scary noises he thinks it's a monster of some sort he, he doesn't it's think a it's a person he thinks it's a monster yes so so he already suspects it's a monster he his friend has been murdered mutilated torn into pieces yes and his plan is i know i'll sneak out at night go far away from my house light off fireworks because that's a stealthy activity <laughs> yeah i I'm sorry, Marty. This character beat feels a little forced to me. You know, to be perfectly honest, the, anytime the monster is anywhere near Marty in either form, it starts to feel very like this should have been a lot easier and a lot quicker. Um, yeah. It, it seems like it's a little bit too 
Mary Sue-ish. Um, not, not that it's unbelievable, but just, you know. But anyway, so yeah. So he starts lighting off fireworks off this little wooden bridge in the middle of the swamp. And the werewolf comes up upon him and he lights one off the rocket specifically that his uncle gave him. Um, and it pops the monster in the eye. It starts to scream and he jets away on silver bullet. Yep. Silver bullets himself away. Now he tells his sister and the sister's kind of like, she believes that Marty believes it, but she's kind of not a hundred percent on board. Now I I liked the way they did this in the book better um, than in the movie. In the movie, she's going door-to-door collecting cans because the local church is doing a can drive. You know, you donate your old cans. We bring them in. You know, we get the money. It goes to charity. You know, blah, blah. Also, a nickel back in 75 was a hell of a lot better than a nickel now in in 2019. In the book, she decided to take Marty trick-or-treating all around town. To find an adult that had an eye. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Which I, I, I just liked that a little bit better. I thought that was a little bit more interesting because Marty was actually involved. It wasn't just the sister too. You know, it was it was both of them. And and it's it's way more believable that kids are gonna go out trick or treating than run around town for a food, for a can drive. I guess. You know what? But it's also interesting because in this movie, the last scene, and we you know we still got a little bit to get there, but. Um, the last scene is at Halloween and this was clearly well before that. So, um, yeah, that's true. The time is, is, yeah, off. that's the only thing I would say is a little odd by that. But again, um, I think it's, a, if it's a fix for time, maybe for like filming or whatever. Yeah. I, I think it's a good fix. I think Marty probably could have gone around at the same time. Um, I don't want to keep doing book comparison, but I mean, it would be interesting. Oh, uh, no, I, it, it's, that's the only yeah. thing that I feel like bringing um, up because I just remember liking that better. I, that's I just want to know what all these adults think when this girl goes knocking door to door or goes into the restaurant or whatever and goes, hey, I'm just looking to see if anybody, ah, oh, you get two eyes. Okay. And she just looks dejected when, they, when, they, when they're perfectly yeah. normal people. Like, oh, I've got some cans. Why do you look so sad? I'm giving you your cans. <laughs> so she's she's going around. I, I, I will say I do like the reveal here better. Because in, in the book, it's just they go trick-or-treating. They, you know, they wind up at the church. Yep. And the reverend is there with the eye patch, and that's that's when they know. Because he's not dressed up. He's in his reverend gear with a patch. Okay. You know, it's not like he's dressed up like a pirate and they didn't know. Um, Which, by the so- way, would have made... It's so much funnier. Would have been ba- would have been fantastic. So um, she <laughs> she shows up and there's great. He's he's doing some gardening and the camera swings around and you see he's got the patch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she she does not know this and she's like, oh, I'm here to drop off all the cans. And what she does find is the bat that the bar the guy who owned the bar used to use to stop fights called the peacemaker. And it looks all chewed up and broken. And then the Reverend shows up and she sees the Reverend's got the eye patch. And um, I wouldn't say she's very cool under pressure. No. <laughs> no. And I, takes off. I did have a question about the bat, though. Is this a subtle nod to werewolves being like domesticated dogs and that he just wanted something to fetch? Uh, I mean, he did bring it home, Paul. Right. So I and buried I have it. to agree. And he buried yes, it. In, in his cans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, have you ever tried to take a stick away from a dog? They they don't they don't like it. No, no. They get mad. They really don't. It's terrible, actually. Now, should this scene have ended, she gets confronted by the Reverend. She picks up the peacemaker, throws it, he goes to fetch it, and she runs in the other direction. I mean, that would clear that last 
point five rad you were looking for. That oh it yeah now now it now it's an eleven out of ten. <laughs> now it's an eleven out of ten. The the old. I, I'm just picturing Jurassic Park with the uh, the flare. Yes. yes. <laughs> who, who wants their stick? Who wants a stick? Woo. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If if you had the chance to chase after a flare or Jeff Goldblum, I mean, mm. we're all going after Goldblum. Come yeah, on. of course we are. Come um, on, that's just yeah. that's just an easy, yeah, so she, easy choice. Simple. So she finds the stick, and now they try and recruit um, Gary Busey, Red's character, which I, I don't know. I, I'm torn on the take. I don't mind the, the fact that he's not 100% on board to start, and then they have to kind of keep convincing him. But I almost get the feeling, maybe it's just because of how I picture Gary Busey now, he would have shown up and gone, Ah, it's a goddamn werewolf! <laughs> right? That's, that's absolutely right. We're gonna get the son of a bitch! <laughs> now where's we my value? How, we don't know how deep this goes. <laughs> I'm gonna eat you! <laughs> Uncle Red, what? <laughs> it's a figure of speech! Give me a chainsaw! <laughs> Oh, God. You're just spitting out gibberish now. It was the aliens! <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Lizard people from the government. Um, God, man. It just... Because maybe this is good acting Gary. He's more reserved as a character. Maybe. So so they do they do some research, and what they do find out is they they um the, the reverend tries to kill Marty, tries to run him off the road with his car. When, when Marty's in Silver Bullet. Yes, yes. And he um, winds up getting... Marty winds up running out of gas, which is something that has been shown before that he doesn't really pay attention to how much gas he has, and gets stuck on a different bridge, not the bridge that he attacked the um, werewolf in, saved by a local farmer, but not before the reverend explains that he's sorry for what he's about to do but marty is going to have an accident into the river and normally he'd never hurt a kid and um you know he's really a good guy because he he even when that woman was going to commit suicide he broke into her house and murdered her first so while he ended her life he saved her soul her eternal life yes yes (laughs) so um i don't know what that's trying to say (laughs) well other than i i mean i mean Let's be, it's just supposed to show that he's crazy at this point and he's a lunatic, but like, um, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's... the only, what would have helped is if he just gave some indication that he was a werewolf and it was okay with him. Because I, I did kind of picture Mori Povich at one point, you know, I would never hurt a kid. Lie detector says that was untruthful. Because that was a lie. Because you, yeah. you did murder Brady. You uh, straight up murdered Brady. And was Brady pregnant? <laughs> I don't think so. So Was was Brady about to commit suicide? Uh, <laughs> we have determined that was a lie. Um, now, so anyway, when I said I had a lot of questions, do werewolves, are they inherently Catholic? And they have a sixth sense for when someone's about to commit a mortal sin? And that spurs them into action to murder them first. And werewolves are actually doing God's work. No, well, I I won't say yes or no 100%, but my impression was he was a priest who became a werewolf. And then, and now it's kind of like, you know, it, it, like, um, like Peter Parker, right? He's a good guy who wants to do good, but until he's Spider-Man, he can't do it. Right. So now, now the Reverend, he wants to save eternal souls, 
Granted, I bet you he would like to do it with the Bible and verses instead of ripping uh, poor women's throats out. But, you know, you use the gifts that God has given you. Correct. And so that's what's happened. And so I mean, uh, that's is, my look, I will, that's the way I view it. But he doesn't say anything about being a werewolf. Yeah, I would I would love to know. I mean, cuz this certainly is a very Old Testament approach to saving souls. It, it is. But, yes, um, that is true. It's uh yeah, what what does the Bible talk about werewolves? Probably does somewhere. Um I I, I don't know. It's very foggy on that, much like all the other facts. I'm going to look Bible werewolves. Here we go. What does the Bible say about werewolves, Paul? I'm going to guess probably nothing cuz they're very much a uh Eastern European folklore hmm well in genesis forty nine twenty seven, benjamin is a ravenous wolf in the morning devouring the prey at evening dividing the spoil well, that's not a werewolf werewolves are out at night not in the morning and i don't think werewolves div- divide their spoils either that would be an how awkward would that be though he's a wolf in the morning kills a bunch of people brings it home and says do i not provide for thine family yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, Dad. Yeah. We, Dad. We love you. We know you're trying, but we can't, we can't keep eating the royalty. It's just it's very fattening. Well, I mean, uh, the royalties they're, they're the top of the food chain. So much like really big fish, they consume all the toxins from everything below them. So they're actually not that great to eat. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, I get that. All right. Case closed. As far as I'm concerned. Great. We didn't. We've, we've we didn't done really, our part. Theology is not the our wrong point. case. <laughs> We closed the wrong case, but we closed a case, and that's all that matters. So anyway, he threatens Marty. Again, it's very unclear as to what was going on in the first place. Um, but then then Gary Busey looks at the reverend's... No, Gary Busey sees paint yes. on the silver bullet where the car hit Marty. Yes. So then he goes to the sheriff, and he basically says, Hey, I don't know what's going on, but my kid is saying that the... That there's, you know, the killers out there and, and Marty is, he, we don't see this, but you can tell that he told some story, probably leaving out werewolves, yeah. that that the priest is involved and here's why. Yeah. So Terry O'Quinn goes and checks it out and the priest finds him and murders him. Turns into a werewolf and murders him, by the way. With well, what? The peacemaker. I love that. It's, it's it, great. I love that a werewolf with giant claws and teeth has a favorite melee weapon. Yeah. It's like a good D&D campaign. It, it actually, it's, it's yeah, it's solid. Right. Super solid. So he beats uh, Terry Quinn, by the way, another great blood squirt uh, from the bat. Fantastic scene. Fantastic. Uh, kills scene. him. And then uh, now we cut to, um, they decide that they're going to have to use a silver bullet. They give up their, their necklaces, their, knock, their lockets and cross there. Uh, this is where they go to the, uh, the ammo store. And it's fantastic. Yep. My, my boy's into a uh, the Lone the Ranger. Lone Ranger. They go through this very weird slow scene where he makes the bullet, and then they get, they get to the end, and, and he's like, uh, "There you go, shoot straight as an arrow. It's one of the best bullets I've ever made." And, and Gary Busey goes, "Well, I mean, what would you? I mean, it's just a piece to look at. What would you shoot it at?" And the guy goes, "Werewolf." <laughs> and that's yeah. it. I was like, "That's how you. That's how you do a scene right there. <laughs> that, that's it right there." Uh, once again, we have a scene, though, that would be so much better without the voiceover. I know. Yeah, the voiceover does come back again. Yeah, it, it's... it's and it's 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 a, it's a little too much. So now they're they're waiting at home. 
we see a scene that uh, no one in this generation has ever seen. Uh, the television play the national anthem and then go off the air. It did. Yes, it did. I remember that as a kid. I straight up do. Is that the third time we've seen that? Because it was in Friday the 13th. Uh, yep. Not Friday the 13th. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. This movie, and I want to say, I want to say Monster Squad did it too. That would probably be right. More than likely. Um, or maybe maybe it was uh, Fright Night, maybe. Oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe it was Fright Night. Okay. One of those. Um, but we've seen it. Yep. And so um, Gary Busey starts arguing with the kids. And again, this is where I'm kind of confused with the, the character. It's like, at first, he's very much, there's a werewolf on the loose. You, you've melted their lockets to make the bullet. And then he go, and then he goes, no, 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 you know, I'll stay up. And then he takes the bullet out of the gun. And you just right. go, why, why would you do that? It doesn't. Why just leave it in. It, this, this, this What's is the a worst classic? that can happen? <laughs> why? It, it's like, you've got a couple hours until the sun comes up. Why just ride it out? <laughs> right? you, you've made it this far. Just come on. And so, of course, the werewolf comes in. He's throwing everybody around. No, Did you notice Gary Busey points the gun and the bullet at him? Yes. <laughs> like I could shoot you with this. <laughs> That's right. I have two pieces that, when put together, <laughs> will it will kill you. So they go, there's, there. everyone's getting Start thrown around, the bullet of that. course falls into a grate. Um, um, by the way, Marty, the only heating grate that does not go directly down directly, to the furnace. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. Um, the uh, <laughs> So the bullet falls in there, Marty's able to pull it out, he puts it in the gun, shoots the, uh, shoots the werewolf, uh, the werewolf who turns back into the priest, and... That's it. And they, they, Marty and his sister Jane hug, and we get some narration again that doesn't really do much. Yep. End of the movie. There it is. Uh, we should point out that they do shoot him in the other eye. That's, yeah, which is African fantastic. Eye. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Um, so, Greg, I went first, so I will start with you, Mr. Greg. Is Silver Bullet still red? You know, I was, I was worried about this one because it's, like I said, I, I liked this a lot as a kid, and um, I still really liked it. I, I, I think the, the acting in this movie, more often than not, is really good, which is kind of surprising to me. Like, you'd expect it to be garbage, but, like, Gary Busey and all the mains are great. Like, like um, uh, Marty's parents, I think. The mom specifically does a good job. Terry O'Quinn is good. But, I mean, we, we knew that was going to happen. Uh, it just everyone does a great job. And the, the, the werewolf effects don't exactly hold up. But it's just a great, great little gem. If you have not seen Silver Bullet, it's currently on Hulu. I, I highly recommend you check it out. I, I think this movie is still super rad. Cool. Uh, what about you, Paul? Yeah, uh, is this film no, rad? I, I was trying to... Sorry. I wasn't distracted by that. I watched it on Amazon Prime. I didn't realize it was on Hulu. So I'm like, oh, he said the wrong one. But then I'm like, no, they always have the same movies on yeah. all the time because it's the studios. Anyway, um, uh, as for me, um, you know what, Greg? I got to tell you, uh, I got about halfway through this movie and I was like, this movie is pretty rad and it holds up pretty well. Then it got weird. And, right. <laughs> and for about 10 minutes, I was like, I don't know how this movie ends, but it's very odd. And then it kind of came back and I think and I think it pulled itself out and um, I liked it. I think it's rad. I did. I really nice. liked it. I'm glad. Um, I agree with you. I think one thing I will say, I'll, I'll open with a negative and with a couple positive. 
the story itself uh, of how it gets pulled together there's no good story it's 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 very much you could tell this would have been better off as like a 40 minute you know one hour episode of x-files or something like that it is definitely padded i i I will agree i Um, will agree with that so it sometimes it feels like you're not sure what the through line is other than marty eventually needs to confront a werewolf um but other than that the you're absolutely right the acting is very good um gary Busey is awesome i actually thought a lot of the special effects held up considering um the werewolf suit looks a little bear suit like anytime you see a person dressed as a werewolf no right if you see like just his claw or something like that's fine and even a lot of like at the very end when he's reverting back i think a lot of those special effects were look pretty good even for an hd transit it looks better than i expected it to um uh yeah i I think that's fair so i kind of i like that part of it and it was just fun you know what it was just a dumb it is a dumb kind of werewolfy fun movie the fact that it's rated r surprises me um yeah i think it's got to be it's 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 just it's the violence and the gore i'm gonna guess it's because it it probably came out before that pg-13 hit um, cause they only say the F bomb a couple times and other than, and yeah. the gore, I think, that I think, bad. I think the violence, I think the violence is probably what made it R. Um, That's what I'm going to guess anyway. But yeah, I, yeah, I liked it, Greg. I really did. That's awesome. So, um, it's a good pick there. And, um, so, uh, of course we get to the end and this guy, can we just say, um, sticking with us through, uh, again, we've been on a hiatus for a couple months now. And this guy is stuck by us. He reached out to us again. Um, As a matter of fact, it was kind of funny, Greg, that, you know, you and I both kind of started, we had the same thought, like, we got to pick this back up right at the same time. And we got talking and uh, Mr. Bibbs constantly out there. um, I I, I picture Bibbs. I picture this man sitting at a desk, staring at his computer, salivating for the next episode of This Was Rad and, and just trying to keep himself from mentally exhausting himself from when our next episode would drop and and mr bibbs (laughs) this is for you (laughs) and of course all the people that listen and love us and record and subscribe uh we appreciate everybody who does that uh you can find us on facebook twitter instagram all that fun stuff we're getting a lot more active on that again um what about you greg any anything else to say here uh, I think that's it. I always like to shout out at Terse Tale as well. Um, okay, yeah. Our other Patreon backer, please, please, please go to patreon.com slash this was rad. Uh, you can tell you can have us uh, if you become a backer, you can tell us what movie you want us to review. Um, uh, yeah, that's I, that's I think the only thing basically that, that, that we've uh, not said uh, everything else. Yeah, yeah. It's good to be back. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for riding it out. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um... I think um, I think we shouldn't just say we're going to be doing the episodes again. They may go to a bi-weekly versus a weekly release. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Just for time in, in our lives. But we are going to be putting out more stuff. I actually have a little bit of a backlog to put out as well. So uh, we'll be getting that stuff out. And again, thank you guys so much. That's it for me. Uh, Greg? Play us out, Vampire Stepdad. It's your oven, but it ain't my bun. You got bacon.
Podtron. This has been a Podtron Network production. For more of this show and others like it, find Podtron on Twitter at Podtron Network and search Podtron Network on Facebook.